All right, welcome back to the Strongman Say after a small hiatus. <laughs> it's been like three yep. or four weeks. Uh, missed last week, uh, obviously giving oh, – I wasn't giving birth. <laughs> <laughs> giving birth. Yeah, oh, You're a bit lighter. Yeah. A bit lighter. Oh, I am a bit lighter actually. Yep. <laughs> yeah. um, oh, actually, when we were in the hospital, Erin, uh, one of the members, mm. works in the kitchen there. Uh, so she saw that we were in there and – uh, one of the nights I ordered my dinner. So the night before it comes out and it's all pretty normal, like hospital food. The food was pretty good actually. And then the next night Erin's on and the lady comes in. She's like, oh, someone in the kitchen says hi. And I opened my meal and there's like the <laughs> biggest bit of chicken and like yeah. my veggies are doubled up. I've got two desserts. I've got custard. She gave us like two <laughs> drinks. We get our supper and there's like eight Tim Tams on there with yeah. teas and stuff. And I was like, oh, this is nice. <laughs> Good to be in Geelong. Yeah. Someone <laughs> yeah, knows you somewhere. Up, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, 100%. Last week, obviously not here because we we're hanging out in the hospital with our little son, yep. which is cute. So nine days, a dad. Mm. It's an elaborate way to get old man strength. Yeah. It's a lot of work just to it's get old man of, strength. It's a lot of work to get 10%. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, get parent strength. Parent strength? I yeah. don't know. I trained last week and it did not go well. I thought that um, I'd just come in and have like an extra 10%. Everyone's talking about this holy grail that is dad strength. Yep. But I came in and I was probably like 20% weaker, not 10% stronger. <laughs> maybe it only works for moms. Yeah, maybe. Or maybe it doesn't work the week of. <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, it was very stressful for me. Um, very physically taxing for me, of course. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I said, someone was like, oh, you've been, you know, it's quite a big week. And I was like, not really for me. I yeah. mean, yeah, like up a bit more and there's a lot going on but I, I mean I didn't give birth like I'm coming I'm still in the gym I'm still feeling motivated I yep. was training fine last week like there's no reason I was like there's no logical reason to be back a little bit but it happens just a little bit tired yeah that's it maybe a little bit tired mm. uh today's sort of first thing that we we're going to talk about with a whole bunch of comps coming up was the infamous or not infamous weight cut oh that's relevant to me right now yeah also me <laughs> yeah um actually mine's going well yeah um 98.1 nice. which probably sounds like a long way off 90 but that's yeah. where i want to be <laughs> i was 109.5 and i was like oh not there yet yeah <laughs> but it's four versus eight kilos over well, it was 102 at one stage. Yeah. So you can I've got it down. Hmm? You can always come up. I just spent this long getting four kilos off. Yeah. <laughs> I'm putting it back on. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, so you've just been dieting at the moment? Yeah. So I hadn't tracked food yeah. in ages because I've been able to get away with it. And like I eat pretty much the same thing. Yeah. Um, whereas this time I was just too far gone. I was like, I actually have to track how much I'm eating, find out how little I can get away with. Set like a baseline or get an understanding. Actually start seeing weight drop, yeah. not just stand on the scales and go, oh, it's the same as three weeks ago. When you started counting calories, where were they? I didn't count what I was eating. Oh, so before you started, you didn't get a baseline of like where you were at. You just nah. started with- so like It was all over the place. Change, yeah. I'd get Uber Eats half the time. Mm. I'd get a coffee and then I'd get a random hash brown. Yeah. Or if you go up to Daniel's Donuts, there's donuts. <laughs> 
So like there's little Did things. Did you really abuse the Daniel's donuts? A little bit. Yeah. It was a three week period. <laughs> I didn't know that. There was, was a time in my life. <laughs> it was a three week period. It was like a lemon cheesecake one yeah. and a jam one. That's all I need. Lee Shaw, you heard it here first in donut rehab. Yeah. He's fishing for a sponsorship. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, Daniel's Donuts, non unsponsored. Mm. <laughs> Give me more donuts. Yeah. Not right now. No, nah, I was gonna say you don't want that sponsorship right now. They still have good coffee. Do they? Yeah, there you go. Is that what you tell yourself when you go through drive through <laughs> for Daniel's donuts? No. Babe, 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 I'm just getting a coffee. They do real good coffee. Mm. <laughs> well, the Maccas didn't open until late half the mornings mm. and that was the drive through on the way to work yeah. and then untitled's out that way and you have to pre-order and everything else and then the roads have been closed so like getting out to that one i hear a lot of excuses leading to donuts yeah and it's just close <laughs> i feel like you like now that you're weight cutting it's like going through daniel's donuts is the globo gym guy of dodgeball like going <laughs> through drive through trying to get a coffee just looking at the donuts like just give me a smell <laughs> just give me a smell <laughs> going through and ordering just a coffee from a donut place yeah. feels dirty yeah. <laughs> it's embarrassing you're just yeah. like, can i just get a skinny latte uh, and they're like anything else i'm like no and no. i want one so bad don't tempt me don't ask me again anything yeah. else no thank you anything, anything else, else? Anything else? Yes, two donuts, please. Yes. <laughs> okay, drive around. Did you say a six pack? <laughs> fine, fine, I'll have it. Twist my arm. Yeah. So because I have the same like smoothie for breakfast and I have pretty much the same lunch. Yeah. So when I started tracking, I would just figure out, okay, what do I want to make out of that? What do I want to make the, out of that? Where is it at? Yeah. And then kind of mess with my dinner yep. from there. Yeah. Um, I guess like one of the big questions that we get often is where should I be starting my water cut? Um, uh, which is an interesting question because it's so dependent on the person, right? And mm. so dependent on your experience and understanding of where or how your body reacts to a water cut. Do you want to jump in a sauna and a whole bunch of other factors? Yep. I mean, obviously getting as close to through diet can be beneficial, but there's also mm. drawbacks as well, depending on where your competition weight or where you see your competition weight is. Yep. And like how like for us coming out, like how many competitions do you have in yep. a row at that weight class too? Yeah. So you diet, what what's your so you've come from 102, which is like competing in the 90s, you know, that's a 12 kilo loss. Yep into a competition which is a huge one decrease in total body mass yep um and two obviously will have or could have some implications around performance i mean one during training mm. something that people forget is if you're losing weight losing weight or dieting means that you're not taking in the caloric amount to maintain your yep. current homeostatic level right like yep. where you are at so if you're dieting it literally means that you're not taking in as much food as your body needs yeah which obviously is going to have some impact on performance more than likely yeah the only way i can try to counteract that is i was eating a surplus of calories yeah through pretty average choices yeah most of it was pretty good yeah but then there's donuts and all sorts of crap sprinkled on yes Eat, not eating enough food now, but it has to be good food. It has to be food that will actually help. Yeah. 
Otherwise, I'm just going to be hungry all day because I had a donut yeah. and I'm like, sick, that's half my day's food. Yeah. So like, like low density, high volume foods yep. is obviously, I mean. And actually tracking macros yeah. better. So like performance should be better for that, but mm. obviously worse off because I'm not eating enough. Yeah. And hopefully that meets in the middle somewhere and I don't see too much shift. So if we break down making weight into like the first phase, which is the get your body weight within a range. And we'll talk about water cutting in a second. But first and foremost, the first phase would be get your body into a a, a range where you can strike from yep. with that water cut, right? Yeah. That's number one. And so the first thing for you, and I mean very similar to me, is basically look at your food choices. Yeah. And the best or the easiest way to diet um, without – or minimizing or mitigating the impact on performance is focusing on nutrient dense foods and nutrient dense foods that are high volume. So yep. you're still feeling sated. You're not hungry mm. all the time. Um, you're getting good nutrients in um, and focusing on like your macronutrient breakdown and skewing it in a way or skewing those calories that you have in a way that you are prioritizing performance, I guess. Yeah. And for now, like with all the apps out there. Yeah. You can track macros, yep. micronutrients. You can track everything. So there's not really much excuse to be no. like, oh, I'm deficient in this or yep. I've had none of this or... Yep. Uh, what app do you use? Um, I just have the free MyFitnessPal because yep. I just literally put in my meal. Yep. They've changed it and everyone's pissed about it because the price has gone up mm. and they've removed a heap of features from the free part. Yeah. So there's better apps apparently. I can't remember what they're yeah, called. I but there's my much diary. Which yeah. is reasonable. There's much better ones. Yeah. Um, whereas I'll use that and I'll just put like a meal into one day. Yeah. And I'll put my other meal into another day and then I can see the breakdown. Okay. But then I don't touch it for a month. Yeah. I don't, don't do it every track, day. You don't need to track every day if you're eating the same thing. Yeah. Majority of the time you can track for a day, get an idea. And then when you make altercations, you can track again. Yeah. In a month's time if you need to. Yeah. So I'll do that. Um it's to double check things as well. Like there's little things on putting food in, like you can look up nut tab yep. on everything and that's the actual proper government set out calorie basis. Yep. So if you just put in white rice, blah, 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 and put it in, that, that could be anybody that's just chucked in white rice. Yes. So if you look up nut tab and there's certain things you look up and it's like, that's actually just accurate. A reference. Yeah. Um, so I just use that. Do you cycle through high and low days in terms of calories or just eat the same thing every day? I eat pretty much the same. Yeah. I think getting closer to comp now, if I, ha if I had to eat less, I would probably start trying to muck around with that. Yeah. And be like, okay, can I eat more around training? Can yeah. I eat more on like a deadlift day? Yeah. Can I eat less when I just sit at home and do check-ins yeah. and do nothing? Yeah, I mean, I do For that. now, I'm just simple. Yeah. Like I keep it relatively the same. The meal sizes are the same. Yeah. I certainly just prioritize food on my bigger days, yep. which allows me to eat. For me, I just it makes sense or I find it very easy. I eat less on like rest or recovery days or like smaller sessions. Like my Sundays mm. are run yep. at the moment. So I don't – and I'm not a good runner currently. Uh, so I don't need <laughs> to fuel myself up exponentially for like a 20-minute 20 20 minute jog. Yep. So, you know, Sunday is like relative rest day. So I just consume far less calories and focus on protein. Yep. Uh, where like today and tomorrow, like my like on deadlift day, I'll pretty much like eat my normal food but add some carbs and stuff like that and probably mm. some snacks just to make sure that I'm 
full and I'm yep. fed and I'm like uh, fueled for performance. Yeah. Um, so there's there's a lot of ways to skin the cat, right? I mean. Yeah. So normally if I was eating a lot of food, I could come in and train at 10 in the morning, mm. no breakfast, I'd be fine. Yeah. Whereas I think last week or the week before came in, I just had breakfast and then tried to train. Yeah. And I just felt tired. Yes. I was like, maybe it's because I didn't eat lunch as well. And yeah. lunch is like pasta and or maybe you're just tired yeah maybe i'm just there's, tired there's so many factors i um, think things can go wrong easier because you're just yeah. not eating enough yeah for sure whereas if you're eating heaps of food it's pretty easy you just yeah. come in and lift make sure you sleep reasonable yeah you're gonna recover do you still focus on uh relative carb high like when you're looking at your macros you're still trying to push the majority of your carb uh calories through carbohydrates or are you more monitoring your uh, macronutrient intake and looking for a certain percentage or are you just kind of monitoring and less so thinking about that? Um, no, I've always stuck with protein being, what's it end up being, whatever it is per kilo. 2.2. Probably less. Yep. Um, what's it end up being? It's like I think 220 yep. grams. So one gram per pound yep. or whatever that works yeah, out yeah. to be. Yeah. Um, fats will try to stay at like eighty to a hundred, not go over a hundred. Yeah. Pretty much minimize those as much as possible. And you yep. can tweak that. Yeah. Pretty much. So that's the thing as well. Like if people are taking PEDs or not taking PEDs, yeah, that can influence. Oh yeah. Macros usually. massively because it's like and can um influence how the weight drops. Yep. Too for sure. Yeah. So there's always that as well. Yep. Like. You have to have a certain level of fats in there to keep healthy hormone function yep. and things like that. Yes. And it's like, well, if you're taking hormones yep. as well, plus that amount is a lot lower. Yeah. Um, who was it? It was like Broderick or somebody used to always rattle off a all the tests that they did over in third world countries in like low fat diets and everything like that and yep. how they would go. Um, and it turns out the amount of fat they needed was very minimal compared yep. to protein and carbs. Yeah, okay. Interesting. So, So... I mean, phase one, food, diet, there is an exponential amount of ways to make that happen yep. or create that drop. And depending on like how much you have to drop, like I'm coming from, I was 109.5 this morning, I came from like 112.3, the heviest post eating like an asshole. Yeah. So put my weight back on. Um, <laughs> like not eating, like I Pre, ate really, pre-birth. I ate really, I was, yeah, <laughs> I was eating really well, uh, but I was eating really well, much like you eating really well, but a lot of additions. Yeah. Right? So like my food much stays the same, but I was just eating a lot on top of that or being more relaxed with my breakfast and dinner and all that sort yep. of stuff. Now my striking, I like to be 108 ish, yep. which makes for a very easy water cut and I don't have to stress about it too much. Um, and that's sort of my preference, especially if I am doing, you know, we are doing mm. three comps in a weight class over three months. So you're making weight sort of like three times in the space yep. of three months. So getting closer to that makes for much easier transitions from weight cutting to getting back to it. Yeah. What's your striking weight? At the moment now it's like 97, 98. Yeah. Okay. I know I can do that because so I've done it before. So you're basically there. Yeah, whereas like two, three years ago, that would have scared the shit out of me. Mm. Which is why we're talking about the experience thing, right? Like dropping eight kilos yeah. in the space of 24 hours to put that back on is uh, no joke. Now, 
advantages and disadvantages of so I'm a three kilo person. Yep. Um, you're a eight to nine kilo person mm. with a weight cut, right? Advantage for that lower weight cut, uh, things are a lot easier or less taxing yep. during the weight cut, during the water cut. Uh, I don't or should not have to sauna. Yep. Um, and for me as well, I mean, it's a little bit different with a 24-hour weigh but I found that like 110, 112, you know, my belt fit different. Yep. And like, you know, like we're 108, my equipment fits this right. Like it yep. feels right. So there's a difference in terms of like when you start to put on a little bit more weight or be a bit heavier, things start to change. Like how you move starts to change. I have to take my stance out a little bit. So there's a few things with like being a bit heavier that you have to make some adjustments for. Now, making a bigger cut, advantages or disadvantages? Advantages, you're walking around heavier. Yeah. You're training heavier. Yeah. You're generally stronger. Like weight doesn't move weight one for one, but mm. it weight moves weight. It helps. <laughs> it doesn't make it worse. Yeah. <laughs> Bigger people aren't generally just weaker yeah. on average. Like <laughs> has some truth to it. Yes. Um, so there is that. You're going to be the bigger end. You're going to yep. feel like your weight class more. Yes. As long as your body fat's not really high, yes. then you're going to carry the most amount of usable muscle weight yeah. that you can yep. in that weight class. Mm -hmm. So if you have, God, you have a truck pull, you have a deadlift, you have so many things where it's just good to be a bit heavier. Mm -hmm. That's going to help. Agreed. And I mean, the big advantage is being able to make weight at 90. And with 24 hour weighing, which our sport is, you have a rebound period where you could be 98 or super compensation rise. Like you could be a hundred yep. come comp day, right? So yeah, you're if, not competing at 90, you're competing at a hundred kilos. If I cut from 98 and then I competed at 92, it would, there'd be no point. Yes. I may as well just be 92. Yeah. Cause now I just come in and I'm like, I'm light yep. and depleted. And dehydrated. Yeah. And the same weight as everybody else that's not. So clear advantage for the big weight cut is so that that rebound and being a bit bigger or heavier yep. post, the, uh, post the water cut. Yeah. So like if you, like you do three kilos. Yes. And then what can be do? Like 115 one, or 118 or something? Yeah. Like so a lot of the. So he's 10 kilos heavier than you. Yes. Yeah. It makes a big difference. In a lot of sports, that's one to two weight classes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm aware. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Small boy. <laughs> yeah. There's one thing, uh, you know, and we talk a lot about the overseas scene because I think it's uh, it's nice to shine a light on for people in Australia, which is a small pond, mm. to sort of get a bit of a better lens into like what goes on elsewhere. Yep. You know, most of the guys when I did OSG or like overseas when I'm competing over in Europe and stuff, a lot of the 105s cut from like that 112, 115. Mm. Some diet down to 115 and then cut to 105. Yep. I remember Derek Cox at the finals of OSG who came second uh, when I competed talking and he was a big guy. Mm. He was talking or saying that because it was a three-day competition, by day three he was 122. Yep. Which is wild. That's a big difference for yep. someone who was sitting at 108, 109. Yep. Um, that's a huge, huge difference. So obviously disadvantages for the small weight cut yep. is like you don't have that rebound. Like you're competing lighter and not heavy doesn't always mean better performance, but definitely yep. with some things and in general, it definitely can help. Yeah. Right? Disadvantages, just like oh. fatigue or... If you get the cut wrong, 
yeah. and you have to suffer a little bit more, mm. it sucks. Yeah. And there's a slight disadvantage. Yeah. You mess it up over a larger scale, it yeah. sucks a whole lot more and there's a lot more <laughs> suffering. <laughs> and also the potential, like if you refeed yeah. and you're kind of lazy with it or you eat the wrong foods or your stomach gets upset. Yeah. Three kilos you got to put on. Yeah, that's and probably like you come in a, a kilo under. Yeah, that's probably something. If um, I screw my stomach up trying to refeed, mm. like I'm in a bad place. Yeah, the refeed thing. Uh, we we'll talk about after the water cut, but the refeed thing is probably something worth touching on too. Because, I mean, we've probably all done it where you yep. eat the wrong food and then suddenly you can't eat for three hours. Every, everyone weighs in and goes to the cafe and yeah, gets an eggs benny. Yeah, <laughs> and you're like, oh, I remember being like. When I, when I was powerlifting in the under 100s and I was doing a similar cut. So, like, I was, mm. this is why I went to 110. I was cutting from 108, 109. Yep. And uh, down to 100. And I remember, like, making this big cut, uh, being stoked about it, and then going to the cafe or something like that and having a huge fucking breakfast and then lying down on the bench seat afterwards, like, feeling like absolute shit. <laughs> and then I couldn't eat for, like, three or four hours. And every time yep. I ate, I could only eat small amounts because I was just... Yep feeling like shit um and that's a great example of fucking it up <laughs> yeah <laughs> very easy to do because yeah. you're hungry you're thirsty yeah. you've barely eaten all week you might not have eaten for 36 hours oh yeah you might not have drunk yeah, a usually drop fast. for 36 yeah, hours yeah. often fast like 24 hours so then you get the green light mm. it's very hard to sit there and go i'm just gonna sit with controlled. my power aid yeah <laughs> for three hours and watch everyone yeah. eat. Yeah. <laughs> and then you have like a liter of Powerade and you're like, oh, I'm full. <laughs> that felt like a big dinner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause I mean, your stomach shrinks a little bit too, right? After I weigh yeah. in, like I can't sweat the rest of the morning because I've yeah. spent the morning yeah, sweating, sweating to make weight. Yeah. Even in Queensland, like I weighed in for middleweight series. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't sweat all morning. I weighed in, I drank a liter of like, uh, it was Powerade or whichever it was. Absolutely poured out sweat. Yeah, and I'm like, I need this to stay in now, not come <laughs> <Yeah>. out. <laughs> but my body just like once it took on water was it's, just like it's just it's, this big shock. It's in that um that cycle. Yeah, um, like it's just it's getting fluid, and because you've just trained it for a week to take in water or take in fluid and dispel yeah. fluid straight away because you're doing it so often. So it's kind of in that cycle mm. of like in and out, which is what we're trying to do in that water cut phase. So water cut, you're seven days out. What does your water cut look like? Um, I'll play around with sodium as well a little bit. So like three things will be sodium, carbs, and water. Yep. Carbs are going to have to come down. Yep. Because each gram of glycogen stores yeah, X four. amount of water. Yeah. I can't remember off yep. the top of my head. Um. People go on a low carb diet and they're like, "Sick, I lost two kilos." Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lost yeah. a lot of fluid. Yeah. Um. So that will taper down. Probably from that seven days out. Yeah. And it would probably be as simple as like cut them in half. Yeah. Then to a quarter. Mm-hmm. Then to kind of nothing. Yep. Roll with that. Um, water will go up. Like, if you're someone that drinks heaps of water, it makes it harder. Yeah. If you're like, oh, I drink six liters every day. Okay. Like, okay, well. Usually, like double, yeah, is a good way to really start a process. Yeah. But like, you can't just go straight to twelve can't and then with the log, yeah, go to fifteen. <laughs> Guantanamo Bay, <laughs> yeah. So like eight to tens a rough ballpark, yeah. But also like tapering up, yeah. So you can taper up. That's fine. Yeah, you don't want to taper down. I found it interesting when people taper down. 
I never. Some people taper uh, down, yeah, and uh, I'm like, you give your body a chance each I've step never of the really way to adjust. to adjust. I've never really understood the taper down thing when I see people nah. do that. So like, I taper up, and yep. like obviously you taper up, um, and I've I've seen people write people water cuts with a taper down. Yep. And it's never really made a lot of sense to me, but yep. hey, each way, everyone's got their own way. Yeah, and I mean, it still might work, but it's about the most efficient, quickest, easiest yep. way that you can yep. strip the weight off and then get it back on. So you're weighing in on a Saturday morning. Yeah. Monday through to Saturday, give me a rundown. Uh, for Saturday morning, so water load maybe starts Monday. Yeah. Monday, Tuesday wednesday thursday yeah pretty much four days maybe five days like if i'm not drinking much then i'll take longer to taper up because going from two liters to eight Mm. sucks yeah you hate it two days in you're looking for water you adjust real quick yeah you do adjust very quickly but to just jump straight to that like it's not pleasant yeah um especially if you've still got training you've still got life if you're working yeah you can't be peeing every like 15 minutes yeah you're kind of gonna be anyway. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Just FYI. Um, so that might go if I drink four liters, that would go six. Yeah. Then maybe like seven, then maybe eight, then maybe nine. See how it feels. Yeah. Usually by doing that, you kind of lose weight anyway. Yeah. Like if your body's kind of ahead of itself, you drink heaps of water. You don't drink that much before bed. You go to bed. You get up. You pee. Yeah. Your body flushes a heap. You out, wake up in the morning and you're like, lighter. oh, I'm a kilo down. Yeah. So that doesn't always happen. Nah. But if it does, it's nice because you feel like you're progressing to the end of the week, even though you're smashing water. Yeah. And, you know, your carbs are dropping. So there is... Mine often something. doesn't really do... Like, and that's that, that does happen. I mean, personally, mine often doesn't. Mm. Um, like, oh, like often. So mine would be Sunday, uh, I would probably have four to six litres. Monday, six to eight. Tuesday, six to eight. And then, like, Wednesday, Thursday anywhere between eight and 10, basically mm. like as much water as I can manage and be okay with uh, yep. throughout the day. Pretty much just looking for steady stream, right? Like I'm just yep. going to the toilet very, very regularly. I would wake up Friday morning and uh, drink till I get that stream happening to like yep. signal, like, cause I've obviously not been drinking overnight. I kind of get my body signaling and let's, let's say it's a 24 hour weigh in and it's like 10 o'clock. I would kind of preference like hitting that water between like probably latest 12, usually about 10. Yep. Drinking as much as I need to, to kind of get that stream happening again, to just mm. kind of like trigger my body to be like starting to cycle through water as much as possible during the day. Yep. Uh, my carbohydrate intake will have dropped probably in those last couple of days. I'd be watching the sodium just for like the Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Yep. Uh, I'd probably move to lower density foods or like, um, so uh, probably like protein, fat, Yep. Less carbs, so I'm still like being sated or not too bad. And then maybe fast for like that 24 hours or depending on how my weight's going. Do you know what I mean? Like yep. depending on how hard the cut is. But I would often Thursday night jump on the scales. Let's say it's my last water loading full day. I would often jump on the scales probably four kilos heavier. Yep. So if I start at like 108, 109, I'd be jumping on the scales at the end of the day of obviously drinking at like 112. Yep. And then over the next 24 hours, I'd be probably making 105 to 106, I would be expecting. Yep. Um, so my weight doesn't necessarily drop throughout the week when I'm jumping on the scales, maybe in the morning a little bit, but pretty much like throughout that week as I'm water loading, I might actually see a spike in weight. And if you're not experienced, you might go like, oh, shit. Like 
I'm seven kilos away from my weight. Yeah, I'm weight. going backwards. Yeah, I'm going backwards. I'm seven kilos away from my weight class and I've got 24 hours. Yeah. But that's the magic of water cutting, right? Because then yep. over the next 24 hours, you have to spell a lot of that water and then suddenly you're, you know, every couple of hours, if you're jumping on the scales over that night and that morning, you're kind of like, whoa, like I'm coming down. Like here yep. we go. This is it. So, um, yeah, I think it's important to know everybody's a little bit different. That's why you get a control on like, if you start water loading Sunday, mm. you weigh yourself that morning. Yes. That is that is your base, baseline. That's your baseline before you start fucking yes. everything up. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Like while you've been going smooth for weeks, it's yeah. like that's what it's consistently at. Yeah. Now we're going to change everything. Yes. Whatever your weight does after that, whether it goes up or down, yeah. like great or stressful, mm. doesn't matter. And you got to trust the process. Yeah. It's an important thing. Like you, you got to remember that that's what you weighed on Sunday. Yeah. So it could do anything after that. Important to note as well that when you're starting a water cut or when you're first experimenting with water cutting that it's better to start smaller. Yeah. Don't jump in at like the eight kilo mark because you don't know how your body's going to respond at all. When I first started doing 90s comps, I was 88. Yeah. I turned up to weigh-ins with like a cheeseburger and a drink fully clothed and weighed in and watched people that were hungry and I'm like, oh, how are you guys doing? <laughs> <laughs> so hard this business, oh, right? The tables have turned. <laughs> now I hate that kid because I because yeah. I stand on the scales when we're in yeah. <laughs> when we're in uh, Brisbane. I was standing on the scales, drinking Powerade the night of the competition, just like watching my weight and starting mm. to re, like rehydrate. And Lee was just dying in the corner. <laughs> I was like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're like, let's get a weigh-in photo. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I feel flat. I don't, as fuck. I don't want to do anything right now. <laughs> get a weigh-in photo. <laughs> it wasn't happy. Yeah, didn't use it. Can you smile? No. <laughs> <laughs> Takes too much energy. I'm dehydrated. Uh, yeah. I'll cramp. <laughs> so yeah, I started like that. Yeah, and then eventually got to 91, and I'm like, oh, okay, I probably shouldn't eat dinner the night before. Yeah, yeah. And then it just grew. Yeah. Over 100%. time. And you, now you're like, it's like, okay, I'm 93, 94. I'll do a small water cut. I'm 95, 96. I know how my body responds to a water cut. I'll do more. Okay, I'm 98 kilos. I know I can handle an eight kilo cut. Like lifting weights, like what's another kilo? Yeah. <laughs> I know I can do this. What's it's a, a dangerous what's a, game. <laughs> <laughs> well, over time. Yeah, over time, right? You start to know how your body responds. You start to know yep. how hard it's going to be to cut X amount of weight or how comfortable or what is a comfortable cut and what's not a comfortable cut. But I think the important thing to note is if you're going to water cut that you and you haven't done it before, that like a two to four kilo range is a very good way to start experimenting with mm. it. And then if you respond well, if you cope well, <laughs> which is a I was, was going to say that's the other thing too, like – at some point before you start, you have to be honest and go, mentally, can I do this? Yeah. Like I'm not mentally tough. I just check out. Yeah. Like I just shut down. So everyone's I'm like, are you suffering? Tough. Are you hungry? Yeah. Sorry, I'm eating this food in front of yeah. you. Do you care? And I'm like, I, I'm doing this to myself. Well, you just have to. Okay, and it's, it's like this, really, is, this is my choice. Like, I have to. I'm not starving in a country That's where not, I can't get food yeah, and I need to fight for it. It's not a choice. Like you do ASMS. Like... It's not a. It's well, it's not, a choice. I got heavy. Yeah, it, it is. But like, <laughs> but you got heavy. But now you're in it, and you've got to make weight. Yeah, that, that's, that's, that's not an option. That's my choice. So it's like if someone's eating around you, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's like oh, I'm not offended by that. Like I've got to make weight. This is my thing. I'm yeah. here. I'm doing it. That's it. Um, yeah, but that's treating it like a job. Well, it is a job. 
Yeah. You've made it your fucking job. If, you, if you're cutting 98 <laughs> kilos, <laughs> that's a big cut. If you're cutting eight kilos or if you're cutting yep. six to eight kilos, that's no longer treating it like a hobby. Like mm. you have no business. And this is the other thing that we need to talk about is you've got no business water cutting if you're just like it's a hobby, right? Like you don't need to put your body through this stress to come sixth at a competition that means fucking nothing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, you've got to pick something that's important. It's, you cut for something that's important and if it matters and you're going to put your body through that stress. Otherwise, you're having the potential to affect your performance and your actual lifting and your enjoyment of the day. Like you don't need to go through this huge water cut or like even a four kilo water cut to go compete at a regional or intermediate level competition uh, where there's nothing really to gain by water cutting besides potentially a poorer performance. Mm. Um, I should, I should add what's important is relevant to the person. It is. Cause I'm cutting for Vix and for a lot of people that might not be important. Yeah. But I mean, it's a state level competition and uh, it's, all, yeah. it's all relevant. It's all. So it's what, all what I mean is if you're cutting a lot of weight for a comp that everybody else is like, it's just a local comp. It's this, it's this. If it's important to you, push yourself and do it. Yeah. But like, if you don't really care that much about the comp, don't suffer because it's not going to be worth it. I just don't think there's any reason to cut to come fifth or sixth and go have fun at a comp. Yeah. But it's you're cutting, like, you're cutting to win the nineties. Yeah. That's what I mean. It's got to be important. Yes. Like the training has to match up all the yeah. effort has to match up. Yeah. And then you're like, well, it's worth suffering. I just to make weight. I just, I think personally, in my opinion, the beginner intermediate should be more worried about what their performance is on the day mm. and lifting loads yep. and worrying about the weight cut stuff and the weight class stuff a little bit later. Yeah. That's, that's my opinion. But I think that if you are starting off in the competition and you've trained for this competition and you are looking to go lift numbers and something that was said to me very early on is that the numbers on the bar – are more important than the numbers on the scale when you're starting off. Yeah. That's that's what I think that is a, probably a take home for beginning intermediates because I see so people quick to like jump on the water cup bandwagon to make like weight classes. Mm. It's good experience at those lower levels potentially if it's like something that you're wanting to do as you creep up uh, to the higher levels of competition. But at the same token, I think that if you are starting off in the sport, if you are at a beginning intermediate level, then – you should be focusing on output and performance above and beyond yep. the weight class, especially if you're at the level where, you know, if you're if it's an important comp to you and you you think that you've got a chance of winning in the nineties, then absolutely like go for it, right? But if you're in the thick of it in both, yeah, you know, if it's like you could do nineties or one oh fives, it's not gonna matter, you're probably gonna be mid level or mid pack. Yep. Then just go go have a crack at the competition that makes more sense to go have some fun and actually like perform very well. Yeah. I mean, easy way for beginners and people starting out with weight cuts and what weight class you sit in. There's not really weight classes. They're height classes. Yeah. <laughs> if you're 6'4 yeah. and you're trying to squeeze into 80s, yeah. you eventually have to give up on 80s because as you get stronger, as you grow, yeah. as you become better at your sport, mm. you're going to grow out of that weight class. Yeah. So you may as well pull the pin early and just go, I'm too big. Yeah. I'm too tall. And it's, I mean, this is... If I, was, if I was your height, yeah. I wouldn't be doing 90s. Yeah. I couldn't sure. do 90s. And if I was another four inches tall, if I was 6'2", I would... You probably wouldn't be... Weights. Yeah, you wouldn't be trying to squeeze into 105s. No, because everyone would be like, you've got the build yeah, to go to up. carry it, 100%. Yeah. Um, so that's an easy way starting out. If you're fairly tall, yeah. 
you're probably not going to squeeze into that lighter weight class for long, not if you want to improve. And if you're fairly tall and you're consistently trying to cut weight to make the lower weight class because those loads are achievable, because mm. right? that's why people do it. It's like, oh, I'm not quite ready for the 105 weights or I'm not quite ready for the next weight class up weights. You're only deterring your ability to step it up by constantly trying to be in the lower weight class. Yeah. Like if you're constantly trying to get down to 90 because you're not ready for the 105 weights, why not eat to 105 and train a little bit harder for a little bit longer with a little bit more mass yep. and achieve the 105 weights? Yeah. It's not always easier too. If I squeezed and cut into the 80s, those guys are really quick. Mm. I am not – I'm used to lifting heavier weights. Yes. I don't move that quick. Yes. Might not be an advantage to me to go down. I'll be stronger than them. Yeah. But they're probably going to beat me on a yoke. Yeah. So it's not always like a win-win. Yeah, there's pros and cons. Yeah, like, yeah. oh, the weights are more achievable. Yeah. I'll be more competitive. Yeah. It's like that class could be stacked. Yeah. Could be less competitive to go up. Mm-hmm. And it depends on the weight class too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 100%. Um, so, I mean, a lot to consider when like weight cutting. Mm. Uh, refeeding. Last. Pretty much you just get in everything that you take out. You're dehydrated. You have lack of water. You'll lose sodium, mm. potassium. Like sodium, a lot of things will drop. Two big ones. Um, and then you're not eating many carbs. Yeah. Your stomach is empty. Your glycogen sources are empty. Your muscles are flat. Mm-hmm. You need to get all of that back in as much as what you took out. Yeah. So if you took eight kilos worth of things out, you need to get eight kilos yeah. worth of things back in, potentially rebounding and sitting on the heavier end. Yeah. I think it was like 101 before Toowoomba. The yep. night before, and then I woke up and it was back to like eighty-five, yeah, uh, ninety-eight-five. Yeah, so yeah, kind of corrected itself. The thing that I would say that I see people mistake or make the mistake of is like, you know, you talk about the eggs Benny thing, like high fat foods, high protein yeah. foods, having protein shakes, like not the priority, bro. I avoid all yeah. protein. Because I still get heaps of it because I'm eating yeah. so much through the day. But Protein I'll dodge it. You. Like it makes you like, it, it yeah. fills you up. Yeah. And like the high fat foods, like we, we don't need to consume or you want to avoid stuff that's going to hinder digestion. Yeah. Um, and like protein's going to make you feel, like if you feel full. Like we eat protein when we're dieting because it like helps satiation, right? Yeah. So it's like when you're trying to reload, <laughs> when you're trying to bounce back. Yep. It's carbohydrate. Mm. It's like salt, potassium, um, like it, it, all those, all those really critical minerals, and just like putting glycogen back in, like I've talked about, is the priority. Yeah. Um, so I think that's one thing. Just to when you're looking at what foods you're consuming, uh, you don't want to be prioritizing protein, or and you want to be minimizing that fat intake. You're really focusing on like carbohydrates um, in that period. I probably won't have like a normal meal. Until yeah. like 3 p.m. Yeah. Or dinner. Yeah. By the time I get to dinner, normally I'd go out and if yeah. like Toowoomba we had a palmy or something yeah. like that, I'd be like, yeah, I'll have that. Yeah. By that stage, I'm fine. The whole day looks like really bad snacking of like a 10-year-old child. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, some people have Just that. like bread, simple carbs, yeah. pasta, like lollies every now and then, like sipping on drinks. Yeah. Some people say like... Uh, keep your food exactly the same as what you normally have. And I mean, it depends what your diet is like and what you normally would have day to day. But I think 
keep it the same as the day before I weighed in because yeah. I can pack real light that day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's not going <laughs> to do the job. Yeah. I think for the most part, it's not so much about keeping the, the foods or your meals exactly the same because often those foods, a lot of the foods that we're taking in week to week aren't the priority when we're refeeding, but keeping it to traditional foods or foods that your body is accustomed to processing and digesting though. Yeah. I mean, don't throw any curveballs at it. Just make sure you're eating foods that you're, uh, you're used to or your body is accustomed to digesting um, yep. and that makes it a lot easier too. Yeah. Eat things that you've always been eating. Yeah. If you're normally eating bread, if you're normally eating pasta, yeah. if you're normally eating stuff that has gluten or whatever it may be, yeah. if you normally drink milk, yeah, sweet. Don't go and get two liters of chocolate milk because that's a good <laughs> refeed tool. Yeah. And then shit yourself yeah, off the next day. <laughs> or um, like T weighed in for 90s over yeah. in New Zealand. Um, and he's like, yeah, I got a big sushi platter for after. And I'm yeah. like, as long as you're good with sushi and you eat it all yeah. the time, but that's... <laughs> mm. Yeah, I thought I'd try sashimi today. <laughs> <laughs> I think Hayden, after his, he had a um, he had a dinner, but it was just like an Asian dinner. Yeah, because like, he was out I of the. I might get a hot Indian curry. <laughs> nice vindaloo. <Yeah. laughs> Felt great on deadlifts though. <laughs> Who needs ammonia? Yeah. So yeah, it's just things like that. Yeah, I like it. Um, and it depends on travel as well. Like if you have to travel. Yeah. And cut weight. Yeah. That throws a spanner in the works. Definitely. In yeah. planning, in food. <laughs> plane. Just FYI. If you're booking a plane and you're cutting weight and you're going overseas, get a seat or ask for a seat near the toilet. <laughs> and an aisle seat and if you don't want to piss seat, people off. 100% because <laughs> if you are going to the toilet nonstop on the plane, it's a really good way to piss off the person next to you. So a recommendation if you are cutting weight and traveling overseas or water loading while on a plane, because often because you're traveling the week before, you are, yep. right? And there's factors with being on a plane, you might actually – like retain a little bit of water too, like yeah, like leave a bit heavier. But if you're water loading on a plane, aisle seat necessity, um, <laughs> and try to get a seat or choose your seat near the toilet because you'll be up and down a lot. Yeah, we did the night flight across to Finland. Yeah, and that's where they just turn all the lights off and they're like everyone's sleeping, so no one's walking around. So every now and then, like every twenty minutes, my liter of water, I'd have to be like, excuse me. <laughs> Can, I, can you fill this up? And they're like, didn't you come back 20 minutes ago? I'm really thirsty. And they're just like, oh, yeah. we only have so much water on this plane for like yeah. 600 people. You're consuming people. all the water for everybody. Yeah. This plane goes down, we're screwed. But it's the only way you can do it because you can't take five litres of water no. internationally. No. no. You can't just pack your esky and take it on from here. No. <laughs> so you have to tip your whole thing out, take an empty bottle. Yeah, yeah, and take it on and water load. Take it on so. your carry-on and be like, can you please fill this up? The other real shit thing about flying and water loading is the meals are so like so high sodium and like mm. also carbohydrate based. So like you sit there and you're pretty hungry, but you can't really eat all the food that they've given you. So you sit there and you kind of pick out like the meat parts or like and like you're leaving all this stuff. They give you muffins and you're so hungry. So you're looking there, so like, don't eat the muffin. Don't eat the muffin. Don't eat the muffin. Yeah. Oh, would you like dessert, sir? Would you like a donut? Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. Just give me a smell. Just can I sniff it? Can I sniff it? I'll give it to the lady next to me, but can I sniff it first? <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, traveling while competing. Mm. 
tips? Because, I mean, like a lot of people now, we're seeing more people compete internationally, which is cool. Yep. And obviously, post-COVID, good to be able to compete internationally again, mm. which is sick. Um, but also, like, interstate is becoming way more popular in terms of people traveling a lot more interstate yep. um, to do competitions that they like or to qualify for events and stuff. Uh, any tips to share with the people the three of you who watch um, <laughs> yeah. uh, around traveling and competing, having, I mean, we've both traveled and competed a lot, both interstate and international mm. um, tips. Figure out where the comp is actually being held first. Sounds stupid, but like if it's in a city, don't just be like, oh, I'll go stay over here in Melbourne. Yeah. When the comp could be, it could be 30 minutes of peak hour yeah, and like all sorts of stuff. Staying in the city yeah, in, in Melbourne just because the competition is like, oh, yeah, cool, I'm going to go Melbourne. It's like, well, it's it's in Melbourne, yes, but it's an hour out of the city. We went to New South Wales Strongest last year and stayed mm. relatively close to the comp. Yep. And then when we got to the comp, everyone's like, where are you staying? We said the suburb and everyone's like, never heard of it. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, it's 20 minutes that way. And they're like, no, nah, never heard of it. Yeah. Don't yeah. go down that way. Yeah. <laughs> And that's 20 minutes away. Like you could pick a spot in Manly. Yeah. And you comes way down south. Yeah. Like we, so we were coaching at New South Wales Strongest mm. and we stayed 30 or 40 minutes out of the city because it was in Sydney, but it was like an hour and a half in traffic to get to the venue. Half the people um, at the comp were like, I've got an hour and a half drive home. Yeah. I'm like, don't you live in Sydney? Yeah. And they're like, yeah, but that side. Yeah. And on, on paper, it's not that far. Like you look at the map and we're like, oh, you could stay in the city. But then like when you put it in maps, it's like, oh, it's actually quite a trek. So we decided to stay 20 minutes away from the comp so it was easier, mm. right? So things like that are very, very simple yep. just in terms of like knowing our, or just having an awareness of like, well, one, traffic. And like two, it's like Sydney, Sydney, but like it takes an hour to get anywhere in Sydney. So yep. let's stay a little bit closer to the event because the event's not in the CBD. Yeah. Even like us flying out of Melbourne. I'll book a time of flights based on peak hour traffic to get there. Yes. Because if I'm water loading and if I'm getting to that airport, I don't want to make the first day of travel worse. Yeah. So in terms of cheap flights, because everyone wants cheap flights, yeah. I'll always jump on a 6 a.m. Mm. versus a 6 p.m. Yeah. Because if anything goes wrong, anything gets cancelled, yeah. anything happens, mm. There's all the morning flights that they can put me on at 6 p.m. or 7 p.m. on that Not cheap much. flight. If you drive an hour to the airport and they're like flights cancelled, yeah. your next flight's tomorrow morning. Yeah, earlier is better, right? So don't fly the mm. of the competition. Uh, speaking of like accommodation and where being in proximity, the other thing, I mean, internationally we've done this a few times is a lot of times the event organisers will recommend or have a agreement with a hotel. Yep. Uh, important to know that it's not always the best venue. Same with like if you're doing state competitions, I guess, that they're not always the best venue. Sometimes they're still very expensive or they're still quite away from the competition. Like OSG, mm. our, our hotel, when I went – was in the middle of nowhere and we ended up spending $300 on Ubers getting everywhere because everything was quite spread out. Um, yeah, see, ours was next door in yeah, Daytona. Yeah, great. But it was super expensive. Yes. And then, like I said, like Luke and some of the UK guys, they got an Airbnb mm. a kilometre up north yep. and they had a spa and a backyard and yeah. all this cool stuff and everyone else was stuck in kind of the city part. In a shitty hotel. A that, great, that had no expensive hotel. but Great hotel. Yeah. But no real great food options. Yes. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or expensive another, food option. No, no groceries. Thing. Yeah, like or, or grocery like shopping over there is good bad. Good food at the hotel. Like when I was in India, you couldn't really eat outside of it. But the hotel had a pretty good menu, yeah. kind of thing, so you could eat kind of there. Yeah. But it's like if you don't have good food there and you have to run out all the time and you don't have cooking facilities as well, it can make yep. it really challenging, especially if you're international and you're spending the week prior to a comp, right? Because yep. usually if you're competing overseas, you kind of get there a week earlier just to adjust. Maybe you finish your water load or do your full water load and stuff over there to make it a little yep. bit easier. Um, the only uh, difference or the only change to that is knowing where you're competing, right? Like India, I flew in two days beforehand because I wasn't going to do my water load over there because I couldn't, yep. I didn't know what food I was going to have access to and like how much water I would have access to. Yep. So you, I flew in closer, right? Where you know when we're doing the states and stuff, you know that food is food is going to be not an issue and water's yep. not an issue. Um, but jet lag is an issue because it's quite far away. So yep. you get there a week early, you do your load and stuff, then you compete. So understanding that, understanding accommodation, splitting accommodation with other athletes, whether it's international or like other Australian athletes is a really good way to minimize the cost. Um, and like we always talk about our community and how good it is and we all know each other through Instagram and like I'm a copper for it. Like someone will – I'll talk to someone on Instagram and they'll come introduce me uh, – introduce themselves to me in person and yep. oh, it's like oh, sometimes you don't recognize them in like person because they yep. look different, right? Like you know, they're not doing this. <laughs> you know yeah like all your my face face, are making faces <laughs> your face isn't bright red this yeah, is your yeah. skin color <laughs> you're not screaming <laughs> sorry can you hold some salt up to your nose so i can recognize you i only see your eyes yeah just yell for me yeah yeah can you, yeah oh, yeah. Ah, yeah the strongman way yeah. <laughs> so i mean it's important to understand that like and it's not a detriment like it's not a, a, a slide on anyone like sometimes you just don't recognize people from instagram in person right yeah even if you talk to them or you're friendly with them but reaching out to them be like hey i see you're doing this competition do you want to split accommodation um that would be rad we can meet each other or whatever you can get around with each other yep. we can split a car all those things that add up get really handy i mean that's a big part or how we became friends is we traveled together we split accommodation in finland yep. and like when we go overseas to competitions we split accommodation and uh that that one fosters friendship and fosters like the community, but also, I mean, it's just nicer on your pocket too when you're doing an expensive competition, especially in some areas if you're yeah. international. I think everyone that came down from Steel and Stone yeah. to do round one yeah. just hired a minibus. Hired a minibus, yeah. Amazing. To get around. Yeah, totally. So um, like hiring cars and stuff, yeah, it's expensive. But, but if there's four of you, if there's not six too bad of you. If you're splitting it between quite a few. Um, yeah. ASI is a really good example where um, it's like out in the middle of, out the middle nowhere. of nowhere, right? So it's like one, noting where you are. But also people say, oh, there's not much accommodation in Castle Maine. Here's the hot tip. There's a lot of accommodation near Castle Maine. Um, you know, like we're staying in Dalesford. Uh, uh, yeah, is, Dalesford's 30 minutes, minutes. 30 minutes down the road, right? So, I mean, it's a, a nice little trip and there's plenty of it's food. 30 minutes on just a road where you won't see many cars Straight in between. Road. Yeah, mm -hmm. like it's not a high traffic yeah. road. It's just a little country road. There's you sit shops, on 100. We have a kitchen. Yeah. Um, we have a couple bedrooms, which makes it easier because they have to put up with a baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, are you sure you want to split? <laughs> Dalesford's nice as well. Like Dalesford's it's a cute nice. little town. Yeah, it's a great little town. Um, so you got Dalesford 30 minutes away. Bendigo. Bendigo's 30 minutes yeah. away. Ballarat's an hour. Mm. Uh, what's the back towards Melbourne? Kyneton? Yeah, Kyneton. Yeah, yeah. How, however you pronounce yeah. it, the weird way. Yeah. 
I don't know, cute town. Yeah, fine. but but that's an hour. Yeah, and that's closer to there's, Melbourne. So there's heat. there's trains that go yeah. to Ballarat, yeah. to Bendigo. Yeah. So, so there's a lot of options. That's yeah, what we're saying. Where like, two hours? Just look what's around. What the availability is like. There is plenty of accommodation for not just ASI, but for most comps that you're doing. Um, packing, probably the other thing. Uh, I mean, we were just having a conversation and talking about how, like, I personally pack my competition equipment, especially for international competitions. I pack my competition equipment in my carry-on and put all my clothes and my other shit um, in the check-in luggage. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's not really – it's less of a stress if you're flying in the week beforehand. But let's say you're doing, like, a state competition or you're flying in close to the date. If you do have any luggage issues uh, and you – don't have time to rectify those then that becomes a really big issue yeah so something just to consider is like packing for competitions where what are you putting in what's an essential what can you not compete without what can you sneak in your check-in sorry your carry-on luggage versus what do you need in your check-in yeah i think shoes is probably the only one yeah like my lifters yeah like knee sleeves i can probably deal without a belt i can probably borrow i can't borrow someone's shoes it's gonna be hard yeah they're probably not going to give them to me. <laughs> not if they're my competitor. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, that height, that weight. Oh, Lee didn't turn up with any class, of his so gear. Everyone, it's a height class, so everyone who is at the same size shoe as you is like in yep. the 90s, like, oh, fuck no. <laughs> nah. Not for you. <laughs> not so for you. Um, yeah, I mean, that's probably the primary things, like accommodation. Uh, like, <laughs> Well, we have this cool thing. We have this Facebook page. Yeah, strongman. That strongman Australia that has been pretty much dead in the yeah. water for two years. Yeah, a little bit. Like not much gets a lot used to get posted on there, and a lot of tips and a lot of cool conversations yeah. and yeah. discussions. Not so much now, but very easy. And we used to do that like years ago. Mm. Is anyone going to here? Yeah. Does anyone have a lift from here? Yeah. Can anyone like line this yeah, up? Who for wants sure. to split yeah, this? Yeah, like utilizing. Use the community. Yeah. A hundred percent. Definitely. Like, because everyone's in the same boat. Everyone's sitting back going, oh, I wish I had someone to split yeah. it with and no one puts up their hand. And just the, also the more you travel, the better your resources will get to do more travel. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the more you meet people. I mean, we're fortunate. We have clients kind of everywhere, mm. including around the world, which is super handy. Um, but like the more we've traveled, the more connections that we have internationally or like interstate yep. that'll help us out if we are traveling for a competition or coaching at a competition or whatever it is that makes it a lot easier too. Yeah. Like I said, Ahmed came over from Singapore and competed here heaps at like the ISF ones, yep. statics, everything like that. Super friendly. Um, and he's just like, if you're in Singapore, let me know. Yeah. He's like, I'll show you all the best places to eat. We'll go train. We'll go hang out. We'll go have fun. Yeah. And it's like, if anybody traveled here, I'd be like, oh yeah, I'll show you around. Yeah. Come which, train in the gym. Which is, which just makes traveling fun. It's because it's not just about competition. It's about yep. traveling and experience and getting the most out of, you know, people get jaded in the sport and we've talked about this before, you know, like, oh, it's taken everything from me and it's given yeah. nothing and like. Don't get me started. Um, but it's all uh, the sacrifice. Yeah, all the sacrifice, little gain. It's I'll, like, well, I've like, lost all my friends. Think about all the experiences and the people yeah. that you can meet and the amazing things that you can get out of not just going there and competing and trying to win, but going over and competing and making connections and meeting people and 
experiencing different things in different places. This can be state, yep. you know what I mean? It can be international, it doesn't really matter, but there's a lot to be gained if you broaden that horizon or you make the effort to meet people or like create or foster relationships with people in other states or internationally as well. So it just keeps coming back to just don't be a dick at comics. Yeah. <laughs> be a don't person. sit in the corner with your three yeah. friends yeah. and go, oh, don't know that person. Yeah, nah. yeah. I mean, feel that free to sit person the could be the comp and put your headphones in. I person could be the fucking emperor's son of something. <laughs> <laughs> and could be like, yeah, come hang out with me in my country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it happens heaps. Come do this comp. Yeah, it's always like who you know. Like I remember when I was backpacking in Sri Lanka, I worked in a gym in mm. Melbourne. And I remember this guy was Sri Lankan and I like messaged him. I got off the plane and I messaged him because I got to Colombo and I was like, oh, this is uh, – I don't got no idea what's going on here. And I messaged him, I'm like, hey man, like in Colombo, like what would you recommend doing? Like where would you stay? And he's like, oh, I'm home, man. I can, um, I'll pick you up. Yep. And I was like, cool. And then his parents owned like a whole bunch of bars and this like apartment complex. And he put me up in a, the the top of this apartment complex with a pool on the roof and stuff. And I stayed there. <laughs> yeah. It's like who you know. And that like, that opens doors too. Yeah. Well, like Joey came over here. Um, he's from Thailand. Yeah. And did Static Worlds. Mm. He went and just did the uh, Ultimate. Yeah. Strongman. He was the yeah. one that won the deadlift. Yeah. The 400 okay. pull in the 105s. Oh, cool. Yeah, so he came over with his partner. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I'm flying into Brisbane. Like, where could I go for food? Yeah. I'm like, I'm at the Gold Coast. I'll just come get you. Yeah. Drove down to the Gold Coast, dropped him off. We went and got food. Yeah. And like, that was just, I had nothing to do that day. And it'll create reciprocity down the line as well. Otherwise he would have been on a bus yeah. in Brisbane. No idea yeah. what he's doing. Yeah, His partner daunting. doesn't speak yeah, the best 100%. English. Yeah, it's daunting, especially so, in a new country. Yeah. Um, speaking of international comps, uh, World Ultimate was on. Mm. Uh, some great performances. Yeah. Um, which was really interesting. I don't know whether everyone keeps tabs on like those world competitions and stuff, but uh, some pretty phenomenal and strong performances across the board from guys which is cool yeah. to see um so a comp that we're both looking at doing next year all things going well yeah the paris the paris world's world one yeah paris world ultimate strongman 90s 105s um, his name that won um 90s or 105s 105s uh emmanuel pescari yeah really strong at the moment yeah i could well, 105 emmanuel. log record yeah 190 yes 190 log I competed against Emmanuel uh, mm. when I was over there. Yep. And he's a super nice guy, like really lovely guy and a very good competitor, like always solid. But, yep. you know, I was speaking to Luke Davies about the competition because he's my eye in the sky, you know. Like he just knows everything. <laughs> the European yeah, connection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Connection. Yeah, exactly. I ask him a lot. Um, and he just said like he just looks like he's put 10 kilos of mass on his upper body alone. Like he's just – he was super strong and super consistent. Yep. Um, and he did very well across the day. In the 105s, uh, Dean Madden and Matt McKeegan, I think second and third respectively. Yep. Um, who also did quite well, mm. uh, which was interesting. Um, Those two have had some back and forth Instagram. Oh, man. Beef. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Fucking strong I, I, man, dude. I think it starts as a joke and it's banter and then one joke goes a little far and yeah. someone's ego gets hurt and then it's just... Yeah, it's just it's people with it. Like, it's it happens just a, all the time. It just happens all the time where like someone takes things a little bit too personally and then they end up making seven stories like defending themselves and then the other person, I don't know, it just... It, there's a few things like that you could unpack here 
It's a sport filled with the strongest yet fragile people. <laughs> just like on both. the brink I of like snapping. Of I sp- I've spoken to both of them. I coached Dean for a oh, little while, I, you know? I like, love the strongman yeah. personality. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. It's chaotic. <laughs> you don't know if it's up here or down 100%. here. 100%. Like Emmanuel is like such a, like a pretty chill, quiet achiever, super nice guy, right? Yep. One thing that we just need to stop doing in strongman full stop is, uh, yeah, great competition. Love it. Emmanuel did great or whatever. Um, I would really love to see X, Y, Z competitors, you know, all be able to throw down to find out who is the strongest. Like Emmanuel's the fucking strongest. He won <laughs> world's strongest man. He is yeah. the strongest person who was there. It's not, oh, I wish, I really want to see Yuri and Camby and Tyson and, you know, Matt McKeague and Dean Madden and Emmanuel all sort of throw down. We all want to see that. Do you know what I mean? We all want to see that. But in this moment right now, and this goes for any competition, Whoever was there and whoever won the fucking competition is the strongest man in the world. Full stop. You know? It just really grinds my gears. Does it? I yeah. can't tell. It really grinds it's my been gears in the when house people for take a week. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been let out of the house. Um, it really grinds uh, my gears. And like I like these guys, but like posts like that demean the person who just won and beat you. Yeah. Right? Or underplay that. And that's what they were having tips about because someone was making a like a thing about not prepping for worlds and yeah. can't prep for worlds and blah, blah, blah. I mean, like we were talking about this earlier with like injury and all that sort of stuff. Like we don't need to make excuses. Like you either performed or you didn't perform. You either came second, third or first or you didn't podium and what have you. It's fine to sort of have some rationale about why maybe you didn't uh, compete to the best of your abilities. But let's let's just acknowledge that the better man wins the day who wins the day on the given day. And that can change very quickly. Emmanuel can win that competition or Dean can win that competition. Yuri or Camby can win any competition. Mm. Myself can win some competition. Depending on the events and the given day and the preparation leading up to it, These all these guys are strong. Yeah, All of us are strong. All of us are competitive and contenders for the top place. But unless you show up, put up and win, you are not the strongest man in the world. You are not second, you are not third, or you're not on the podium because you didn't do it on the day. And that's all there is to it. Yeah. That's like any comp anywhere. Any competition. Any sport anywhere. It's Australia's strongest man. It's like someone tears a hamstring before the last event, right? Well, you're not Australia's strongest man. You can't claim that because you didn't win because your body wasn't robust enough to complete the competition. Yeah. That's part and parcel of the sport, right? Like it's the one, same as people that didn't turn up. Because like, they're like, oh, up, I, oh, but yeah. I got injured four weeks out. Yes. But I would have won that. And it's like, well, or I had you wouldn't have because coming up. Your you body fell I mean? apart. It's like oh, I didn't win Australia's Strongest Man. I didn't win World's Strongest Man because uh, I couldn't make it or had other competitions that took priority. It's like, well, you didn't win it, so you'll never know because the competition day, everything can go wrong and everything yep. can go right. Anyone can have a day. And the events are so specific. Like at that level, it's really going to be based around the events as well. Like yep. if you look at like Paris, great events for me, but I could go to OSG and – uh, completely not make the finals if the events aren't those events that are strong for me. And that's the whole thing with Strongman is the events are varied and, you know, it's the strongest man on any given day in any given competition. And yep. unless you're that person, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what's part of being a good competitor? Actually getting to the comp. Yes. If you get <laughs> injured one. along the way, you can't say you're the best yeah. or you would have won because yeah. it's like you can't even 100%. finish your prep. Or you can't even get to the week of d Fly to the comp and put your money where your mouth is. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like that's that's probably a big thing, you know, yeah. <laughs> like making to the comp both from an injury perspective but actually putting it down to like actually making it to the competition. Like if yeah. you think that you can win, then go 
fucking compete. Yeah. Everyone laughs at Steve Bradbury, but the work it would have taken just to get in the like ring, anyone, whatever can have it was, a day, bro, and everyone can have a not have a bad day. But the work that was put in just to put him in the mix with the other people, mm. even though he wasn't anywhere near as good as them. Yes. Still work to get there. Of course. Still push to get there. Of course. He's, he's at the they, world stage. They, they didn't just pull him out of the crowd and go, no, hey, can you just chuck yeah, some yeah, things yeah. on and go around in circles? Still at the world stage. And if everyone falls, yeah. we'll give you a medal. 100%. It's still deserving. Yeah. Um, the other thing that, w- I mean, something to note in terms of looking at world strongman stuff and we're talking about it is I think a lot of people who are looking to make that jump need to start looking at those competitions. You know, stop. Yeah, just keep an eye on it. Stop looking at or like stop comparing or basing your numbers or your performances off like, you know, who's ahead of you. I mean, it's a good thing to keep coming up, but like looking at competitions like VIX or looking at competitions like the middleweight series and stuff and like looking at those numbers. Like I, yep. for me, my goal was always to compete overseas and mm. do well overseas. So when I was coming up and it was like Ireland's power comp, which was like the worlds at like islands and stuff like that. And you're looking at some of those guys. I was watching the best guys in the world and looking at my numbers compared to those numbers. Yep. Do you know what I mean? I was looking at like what I need to do or what do I need to do to close the gap between me and that, not the gap between me and winning VIX. And it's yeah. a good place to start if you're there. Sure. Absolutely. But my eyes have never been on here. Yeah. My eyes and my numbers or like my training has always been based on, okay, I need to get this strong to be able to do this, this, and this. Yeah. So I think it's really important for people to understand that if you are looking to go over to that competition or you're looking to get better, like exponentially better, um, don't measure yourself in the small pond that is us. Even though we have a great quality pond, yeah. measure yourself against the pond that is out there. You know, like we're looking at 190 logs. We're seeing like 400 kilo deadlift swing competitions. We're looking at, you know, 200 plus kilo stones done in runs. We're looking at 450 yokes being run with. We're looking at 170 farmers being carried mm. in the 105s, right? Not on all, not on any given day, for example. Like that's not all in one day, but yeah. often. See, I'd look at the weight class above. I'd be like, if I want to be one of the best 90s in the country, yeah. I should be able to walk into most 105 comps. In Australia. And be in the podium yeah. somewhere and be yeah. near the top. Yeah. So I'll look at that. So then I start looking at the weight class up and I'm like, can I beat half those people? Yeah. And they're like, oh, but they're heavier. Mm. So it's probably half the 90s cutting more weight than me. Yeah, I mean, it depends on the depth (laughs) of the class too above you as well. Yeah, but but it's the same thing. You either look internationally. Yes. Because like if you think your ceiling's here, Mm. like if if Tyson is everyone's ceiling, then everyone's like, I just got to try and bridge this gap and I can't, I'm doing all right. I'm getting there. Yeah. It's like, if you put your ceiling somewhere else, yeah, you're gonna get so much better. That's a great way to put it, actually. So if you're if you're like, I mean, the 105s, and this is you know they're talking about the athletes and you know this Tiff, and it was you know of course I want to beat him as a great athlete. Yeah, it's like I understand in the 105s, like everyone wants to beat me. Yeah, like there's like a, everyone's out for blood. I haven't been beaten in the 105s by an Australian or an, at an Australian competition since 2015. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like the, I understand this and that's <laughs> fine. That's cool. I get it. Um, but if that's the ceiling and you're just trying to beat me, why not make the ceiling like I want to beat, I want to win worlds. Yeah. And then you're going to surpass me anyway. Yeah. If you're thinking I just need to get 
a 150 or a 160 well, then your log. Well, always here and it's like, okay, well, I'm only pushing myself to this. Yeah. Well, it's like, no, no, no. If you push yourself up to this, then you're going to, it's like shoot for the stars, land on the moon, right? Yeah. Like shoot for the, shoot for the stars, shoot for worlds and you're going to beat me anyway. Yeah. But my goal has never been, and I'm sure it's the same for you. Like my goal has never been to beat anyone. And I get told that like, oh, this person just wants to beat you in the competition. Mm. And it's like, well, that's funny because my goal is to win. Do you know what I mean? Like I yeah. go to Worlds to win, not to beat Camby, not to beat D, not to beat Emmanuel. My goal is to win. What a game plan though to turn up to a comp and just be like, I'm just going to watch that one person yeah, and, and focus on them. them. Well, I'm going to focus on beating them. Yeah. And it's, like, it's not much of a game plan to do well. No. Because everything you do is going to be based off them. Mm. And if they're actually better than you, they're probably going to go after you. Yes. So you're just going to do your event do and then watch them do better and yeah. go, oh, instead of just, trying to do well yeah 100%. like play your own game yeah. plan go to win yeah always go to win yeah never go to beat someone never think <laughs> oh, i just want to go beat someone it's like it's cool to beat an athlete if they're like a rival or an idol or whatever it is but like mm. realistically you're going into competitions to win the competition yeah that's the goal that's yeah. the end goal right um so i think that's important to like note but i think also the big thing was International competitions, looking at international competitions and setting your standards, setting the bar there if yeah. you're looking to do that long term. Yeah. And if you can look at – because it's intimidating to look at a 190 log mm. and be like, oh, that's what I've got to get to. Yeah. But you don't see all the training. You don't see the misses. You don't see what injuries the or Instagram anything. Instagram highlight reel for yeah. this training. You don't yeah. see everything that went into that. You just see that and go, yeah. oh. That was easy. Yes. It's like, yeah. Probably wasn't. He might have missed it yeah. 10 times in training. <laughs> yeah. The highlight reel thing is yeah. definitely a real thing. Uh, you know, training on Instagram, we post and like we're all culprits of this. We don't need to self-wallow in our misses and we don't post the misses because like no one really fucking cares. <laughs> people ba- I mean? people barely care that I did five kilos more than last week. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like no one really on cares that good. much. Uh, no one cares if it's like, I mean, no one cares that much if you post a 300 kilo deadlift now, let alone miss a 300 kilo deadlift. The thing um, is if you posted 400 kilo deadlifts regularly enough, no one would yeah, care that you post 400 kilo deadlifts. A hundred percent. Also no one cares just, if you miss. Just gets washed out in the grand scheme of all the strong motherfuckers that are on Instagram, right? Jamal got Instagram and then nothing else matters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Runs like, eh. oh, damn him. Uh, That's what it is. Seeing him and like Larry Wheels and stuff just have like just highlights. Shit. So like you can't compete with that. No. So you just stop trying. Yeah, I mean, you just keep, post something you're proud you of. Keep try, you keep trying, but you just start to be doing what you are. You can do when you start when you do something that you're happy with. Yeah. But so, it but, is a highlights reel at the end of the day. Yes. Everyone's is a highlight reel. Even their fails are a highlight reel. Yeah. Because it's posted with, everything's posted with intention. Yeah, for sure. It's posted to be like, I'm just showing that I fail. Yeah, or I'm showing that I'm failing to show that my prep or my my execution isn't going well and I want to justify to the world and say that like this, this and this is going wrong. Mm. Um, Which, I mean, it's fine. Everyone uses their platform to do whatever they like, right? But... my last week didn't go well. Yep. You didn't really see me post anything from last week, did you? Right? Like, <laughs> that's the best way. If you want to get hooked into social yeah. media, start looking at everyone's dates of when they post things. Yeah. And be like, hmm, it's Monday. Haven't seen a log. Didn't deadlift this week, clearly. Or did yeah. He? Did he deadlift? No. And, you know, either it didn't go well or it was like a light week and maybe I won't pay, post a light week because it's not really noteworthy. Um, no. 
But I don't see a point in going, oh, I just worked up to this today because yeah. it felt heavy. A hundred percent. I mean, I pulled the hardest 330 of my – no, that's not true, but I pulled a very, very hard 330. <laughs> I was supposed to hit like a 350, 360, like comfortable RP9 single like last week. And I came in, I felt good and I was pretty motivated and I pulled 330 and it moved like dog shit. Yep. Um, so like <laughs> I called it there, I did some rows and I did some back accessory. Like what do you want me to post? Yeah. <laughs> like – Oh, I had a baby. I'm tired. Uh, you know, my back's a bit stiff from sitting in a like hospital bed for a week and reading. Yeah, life's a bit slower. Blah 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 blah. <laughs> like I just fucking didn't pull the weight. Like, <laughs> like I just felt heavy yeah. today. So I'll move on, and I don't need to self wallow in it and like post a thousand yep. excuses. You can like if that's if that's what you want to do and use the platform for, and like that's what your watchers are interested in. It's not a bad thing to show that. Like there are ups and downs, yeah. but I just think it's important to know that like, there are bad weeks. Like I posted like a story a while ago talking about that Olympic weightlifting coach or that like Olympic coach and he was sort of saying that like if uh, there's a rule of thirds, right? Yeah. One third of your session should be great. One third of your session should be okay and one third of your session should go poorly because yep. that's, that's what it is at the top end of performance. Yeah. Right? Like in a week you're going to have bad sessions. You, it's hard. Every week is hard. Every day is hard. Like fatigue, you got life going on, you got external circumstances. Like it's hard. I did just like the carry medley the other week and it was like the open women's weights. It wasn't even that heavy. Yeah. And then once I dropped it, I'm like, oh, sick. That hurts in my back. Now. Yeah. It was just like this little knot thing yeah. that pulled tight. Stayed there for three days. Mm. So I didn't deadlift because I started deadlifting and I'm like, that still hurts. I didn't even do anything impressive. No. I didn't even get hurt. <laughs> it's not enough to be like I'm injured. Yeah, yeah I just feel a bit. It's, shit. it's just I annoying. Just feel a bit shitty, and it's a bit annoying today. <laughs> I take a deep breath, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's there. Yeah, and it's part and parcel of doing. Yeah, it. and what at the peak end of coming into a comp, yeah. that's enough to throw something out to where I'm like, not this week. Yeah, not this week. Yeah, not this week. Deadlifted, not this week. Came in Saturday, did the moving medley, smoked it. Week before, came in and did the moving medley a little bit lighter. Was a little bit slower. Yeah, was a little bit harder. Like my just couldn't run as quickly, yep. right? Like it's just a bit tired. And then came in Saturday and moved it great. So yeah, we joke about the cliche saying of like it'll be there next week. Yeah, it'll be a comp. But it is a good attitude as long as you're not just overshooting and your training's crap. Yeah, it is kind of a good attitude to have of like if you do miss something, you're just like next week. Yeah, I mean it matters. It'll be there next week. It matters if you miss something for sure. Especially at some levels. If you miss it for six weeks straight, it's probably not going to yeah, be there next week. But like a bad day is a bad day. Like yeah. you, shake, you wipe your hands of it and you just make sure you don't have two bad sessions in a row. Yeah. I've said that to a lot of people. Just some days are just bad days mm. and we can try to look at your sleep, your food, everything. Everything could be on point and some days are just bad. Yeah. For no reason on paper. The yeah. same as you could come in and have three hours sleep, stressed out of your mind, yeah. body sore and have the best session yeah. of your life. Correct. Like sometimes it just does not make sense. Yeah. Sometimes you'll keep walking to the gym and you're tired as fuck and it's everything's like, oh, okay, I've just got to get this session done. I've got to tick the box. And then you have the best session of the week. That's why everyone says just turn up. Yeah, just turn like that, up. That's the most of and it. That's, that's the other thing. Like if you have a bad session and it's like, you know, talking about the highlight reel, and it's not one that makes the highlight reel, but you sort of tick the box or, you know, you at least get something done or it's like it feels a bit heavier but you got it done. Well, then mm. you're still moving the needle towards the goal, right? Like yep. it's still better than not doing the work at all. Does failing a weight still count as lifting a weight? 
Yeah, we talked about that with yeah. the stone the other day. Oh, way to bring up the highlight real thing. <laughs> yeah, no one saw that, did they? Yeah, no, nah, no one, no one saw the stone. You can post um, it today. Yeah. <laughs> At the very end of a very long strongman session, here's my excuses. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was supposed to do like triple at 170 to 1.3 meters. And I just, I did three stones. <laughs> I just didn't quite you, get it on did top of the three great stones yeah. to 1.29 <laughs> meters. Yeah, I did three wonderful 170 reps at 1.29 and I just didn't get it to the platform. I'm like, but the work's still like there. It's the platform and it just, just rolls back every rolls time, back. and it was so frustrating. Oh. Uh boy. But um, the like we're talking about it because I was like, well, you could do it again. And I'm like, yeah, maybe no, probably not. Like I, I still did it. It just didn't get onto the platform. Yeah, like, I'm still gonna be tired from it. Like I'm not gonna have much more. Your body still did the work. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like I still lapped and extended the 170 stone for a triple. Yeah, it's not quite high enough. Yeah, all the work. Yeah, none of the reward. None of the posting yeah. reward. Yeah, none of the posting reward. <sighs> Tough. Just wasn't a happy ending. <laughs> Often isn't. <laughs> no. So, yeah, like I've said that to people, especially like peaking and like heavier weights, it's just like you get three shots at it. Yeah. And whether you get them or not, that's the work. Yeah, you're still doing the work. Yeah. Because yeah. otherwise, otherwise you just grind yourself into the ground, right? Yep. Like that Thanos perfectly balanced knife meme and yep. stuff when you're writing a program and then suddenly someone misses it four times so they have seven other cracks at it and you're like well no. <laughs> that was an expensive day wasn't it mm. you know like I, I like that term one of my clients used it recently um you know this was more expensive than what it should have been yep and i really liked it when he put it in the notes because i was like that's a great way to you look just at spent it. too much money you on spent, that day yeah you spent too much money on that day and now when you're budgeting for the week now you're eating ramen on friday yeah. you know you got like you got well, two you, minute noodles well going off that analogy if you spend so much on that day you could still be paying for it next week yes yeah, hundred percent. You got so afterpay, bro. So you could send. You could. You could <laughs> can you get afterpay for training? Because God, I'd like, like that. that exercise. Can that I pay effort. for it later? That, that that effort was so expensive. I had to front the money, and then I had to afterpay it for another four weeks. <laughs> you get a credit card for that? Yeah, I'm putting. I'm putting my energy on credit card. Yeah, imagine the interest on that. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, that's you know that like. Burn bright and burn short, yeah, like that yeah, saying. Yeah, 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 that's the credit card, yeah, and that's, that's the interest. Card. Yeah, the interest is you're gone. Yeah, the you're out is of the sport. Blacklisted. Yeah. <laughs> Black mark on your name. Cannot borrow. Cannot be part of. Society. You're so cooked after that yeah. year of competing <laughs> that you're out for the next five. Hundred yeah, percent. You've overextended your stay. Yeah. <laughs> on that note. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably good. Yeah. Uh, thanks for listening to the Strongman Say. Uh, we'll see you again in a fortnight.